Welcome to Life Point with your host, Pastor Tom Doherty. Hi, everyone. Thank you so much for joining us again today. I just finished uh, sharing from Ruth the last two days. One of your assignments I gave you was to go out and make a difference in somebody's life. Do something nice for somebody this week. Call somebody that so needs a call or encourage somebody. Just let God use you. Our Heavenly Father, use us. Open our minds and our hearts to your truth. Lord, may we never get sitting on our laurels. May we never just get sitting on passive compliance compliance with who we are on a daily basis, but Lord, that we would serve you. We would walk with you. We'd be about your business. Lord, that we would take charge. We would take charge of our lives and allow the Spirit of God to move us powerfully. I love you. I give you thanks. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Well, you know, I'm talking about taking charge a little bit, but have you ever done something or said something to get a point across to see a reaction? (laughs) I have many, many times. I think most of us as parents have probably done something like that in our lives. When I spend time reading about Jesus and watching closely to how he handled life, he did several things. And so listen to this. He paid attention to what was going on around him. Do you pay attention to what's going on around you? I was known in my younger years of school as a daydreamer. How do I know that? Because I heard the teacher, I saw what the teacher wrote on a report card one time. Tommy's a nice, nice little boy, but he daydreams too much. And she was right. I was a daydreamer. I still today, sometimes people talk to me and my mind is in left field and everybody knows it. I've worked on that fault. I've worked on it to try to concentrate on uh, someone's talking to me. I don't know. Maybe I'm a little ADD. I don't know. But I I know one thing. It's a struggle. But Jesus concentrated on those around him. You know, so Jesus took charge. Jesus took charge of situations and either use them to touch someone's life or to bring some kind of healing to them. He was all about changing lives. He was all about showing his love. He was all about uh, touching people. He was not just being a bystander. He took action. I believe that is why God wants us to do in our lives, to take action. He wants us to react to situations, react to evil that is around us. Not just sit and watch it and say, oh, well, we're seeing a lot of that in our nation today. We're seeing evil all around us. We're seeing horrible evil all around us. And you know what? The evil people keep going and the Christian people keep watching. If you follow the news, you know you know you see stories all around you. But there was a story a while, oh, a number of years ago about an 87-year-old woman who was in a care center and she fell to the floor and was struggling for her life. And the nurse called 911 because they had a strict policy at the care center that called for the protocol, uh, the, the protocol, and they were not allowed to, to try to offer CPR. Well, and this is a true story, folks. This is not a made-up story. The lady at 911 was begging her to do it anyway. If she wasn't willing to grab, if they, she wasn't willing to, to grab somebody walking by and put them on the phone. So there was a dilemma. Obey the laws of the home of the land or attempt to save a life. I mean, when I say obey the laws of the nursing home, I meant or attempt to save a life. What are you going to do? The lady passed away and the family was okay with the decision because they knew the policy of the rest home. What would you do in a case like that? I think that opened the door for a lot of questions. 
I wonder what Jesus would have done. Jesus wasn't just a bystander. He was concerned about other lives. I know what Jesus would have done. Jesus would have reached down and helped the lady. But no, it was the law. No, it was laid out. And even like I said, the family even said, oh, you know, we understand. We understand. I'm telling you something, folks. That's what's happening a lot in our nation, in our lives. We're just a bystander. We watch all these things happen. You know, uh, of course, we see all the people kneeling and such in the sports world at the national anthem. It has turned us off so much on sport. I'm a big sports guy, but I tell you what, my desire to watch sports anymore has just gone out the window. I'm so tired of people trying to make a point, trying trying to dishonor America. And some say, well, no, they're 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 making a point for something else. You know what? We have always honored America and our flag and our Pledge of Allegiance and you know, we talk about God, and yet we won't stand up to it, and we just let it continue to happen. I wonder what happened if all of a sudden everybody stopped watching pro sports. All of a sudden, nobody went to games. All of a sudden, these people wouldn't make their $50 million a year uh, entertaining people. I wonder what would happen. I wonder what it'd be like. You know, most of us know the saying of tough love, especially with our children. We find ourselves doing things for them and many times enabling them to to not learn it on their own. And boy, you're looking at somebody. I'm probably famous for that. I enabled my daughter a lot. I just always wanted to do things for her and probably did too much. But sometimes the greatest teaching comes when we take a step back and we help them learn on their own. There was a story, there's a video a number of years ago. There's a story of Ray Charles, a blind musician. And it's, it's interesting. You got to look up that uh, show about Ray Charles. And I can't show you the video, obviously, because you're on the radio. I showed it to my church when I did this message. But, you know, the situation was, you know, the mother responded in a way to teach her blind child how to learn to do something because he was wanting her help. It was kind of sad to watch, but she knew he would catch it and then he would learn it. And as we well know, Ray Charles has done some great things in his life and learned to be self-sufficient. But if she would have done everything for him way back then, he wouldn't have been able to handle life as we know it. I believe the Word of God, especially Jesus' life, shares so much truth to us. Jesus responds. Jesus was affected how people lived and choices they made. It bothered him. It bothered him a whole lot. You know, we see before Jesus, uh, before he was crucified, before when he went into Jerusalem, they went into the temple like he always did. And you see what happened there. Matthew 21, 12 and 13 Jesus entered the temple area. Okay, that's great. He always entered the temple area. But what did he do? He says and he drove out all who were buying and selling there. He overturned tables of money changers and the benches of those selling doves. It is written, he said to them, my house will be called a house of prayer, but you are making it a den of robbers. Do you think they reacted? Oh, absolutely. I hope we all are repulsed by sin. I hope everybody listening to this show today is repulsed by sin. Unfortunately, most of us are around it so much that we become callous to it, and we don't respond. We just wipe it out of our mind. We just keep moving on in our lives. You know, Jesus was making a statement. Jesus was standing up. Jesus calls the temple a house of prayer. He was disgusted that it was desecrated. He wanted people to come into the house of God 
to communicate with God, to have one-on-one with God in a special place in the house of God. See, prayer is too often a forgotten part. You know, this next uh, week, in fact, uh, on Saturday, the 26th of September, there is a prayer walk. There's two of them going on. One of them is from uh, from Ann Morrison Park, I believe, no, Julia Davis Park, excuse me, at 9 o'clock on the 26th in the morning. They're going to walk to the Capitol where there's going to be a big choir, 50 to 100 member choir at 10 a.m. on Sunday, the 20, on Saturday, the 26th. You know, and they're there to pray. They're there to have revival, to, to pray the Spirit of God is with us. I'm going to be there. I want to be there. And then that afternoon at 3 o'clock, uh, in Caldwell, there is their annual prayer walk. They meet at Memorial Park at 3. They go for their prayer walk, and they pray, and they talk, and they call upon God. 4 o'clock, they come back, and they have a potluck together. I'm really hoping to be at that, too. That's my hope. But, you know, this is what we need because prayer is a forgotten part of what goes on. The Lord weeps because of the lack of prayer of those who claim to really love him. Oh, they talk Jesus all the time. But there's nothing in their life that shows that Jesus is a part of their lives. I love that that uh, when we that it's uh, that we have times of prayer all the time. I love it in, in the church I pastor every Thursday morning for the last twelve years. We've had prayer for an hour. I call it the hour of power. I took it from yeah, you know from California. The hour of power. I love that because we have. God to call upon. And there's sometimes five of us, sometimes 10 of us, sometimes even 12. But usually there's somebody there praying and we just pray for an hour. We don't have an agenda. We just pray. Anybody who wants to pray out loud, pray. People that don't want to pray out loud, pray quietly. But it's awesome. We call upon God. Our Christian life should never be about show, but about impact for the kingdom. You know, I don't know about you, but hopefully... You get the big picture, that God wants us to be people to react to him, who will take charge, who will come to the forefront, who will stand before him and pray to him and ask him to lead us. I hope you're praying for your pastor and your leaders every Sunday. I hope you're praying for your services that those that walk through the doors that sense the spirit of Almighty God, that they wouldn't look at the worship team, they wouldn't look at the pastor, they wouldn't look at the decor, they wouldn't worry about how much offering they're putting in, but they would come to worship and praise the name of Jesus. Can you imagine if everybody walked into a church willing to praise Jesus and not looking what somebody else is wearing or judging somebody else? You know what? We need to lift our needs to God. We find in Philippians, Paul says in verse 6, chapter 4, verse 6 and 7, do not be anxious about anything, but in everything, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your request to God. There is not a person listening today that doesn't have needs that need to go to God. There's not a one of you. Some of you have greater needs than others right this moment. And you're hearing this and you know what those needs are. Give them to God. Take them to him. Allow him to do some mighty things in your life. He is waiting to hear from you. Our Heavenly Father, we want to hear from you. We want you to hear from us. And God, we want to be there. We want to trust in you with all our hearts and minds. And God, I pray you'd be with those that are struggling today, whatever they're struggling with. In the name of Jesus, they would call on you. Thank you, Lord, for hearing us today. Thank you that we can spend time together. In Jesus' name I pray. 
LifePoint is a ministry of the Cloverdale Church of God. If you would like a copy of today's broadcast or would like more information about the church, please call us at 208-362-1700 or write to Cloverdale Church of God, 3755 South Cloverdale Road, Boise, Idaho, 83709. You may also visit us at our website, www.cloverdalechurch.org. Thank you for listening and have a blessed day.